Glad you're doing all right. It's good to see you. Who who else is doing great? Yeah, yeah. There's about there's about uh, all right, all right. Who's doing great, great? Oh, whoa, all right. Who's doing like awesomely great? Oh, there it is. John's standing up. He's doing awesomely great. Good, good, good. That's awesome. For all of you guys who aren't, just like sit by these people. It's contagious. I feel awesomely great just seeing John stand up and show how awesomely great he is. That is awesome. Awesome. Hey, if you guys have your Bibles, turn to First Peter chapter 1. How many of you guys have uh, ever gone through life and just like something happened and you're like, that's so dumb. Like, why do I have to abide by this rule? You know, like, why do I, why do we, have, why do we have school? Why is there a speed limit? You know, like, why do I have to wear shoes? It's <laughs> like, I don't know. It just came to mind. Why are girls shaving their heads? You know, I don't know. You know, there's lots of different questions, different things like that. I got a little story. Uh, how many of you guys have ever been pulled over before? Yeah, right. So he goes like, "Yeah, I have." You haven't ever, you haven't driven a day in your life. So you guys, you, without your license, that's even better. Awesome. How many of you guys have been pulled over before? All right. For those of you who have, and those of you who haven't. Let me let me just bring you up to speed of, of what it's like. Basically, you're driving and you're like, doo, 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 cruising along. What's up? Got my got my music cranking or whatever, and you're driving, driving, driving. You know. <laughs> there you go. You got your music cranking like that. Usually, it's a little bit louder, you know. But like, we're just like cruising, you're like, what's up? You know, doing all these things, and then you you look. You do one of these, and you're like, and you do that double take, and you see Mr. Police Officer driving the other way, and you're like, ooh, and you start to slow down, and then you start checking your mirrors to see if he slows down, and then all of a sudden, you see him do a U-turn, and you're like, that is not good, and, you, and so you start looking. You start looking to see if there's anybody else around that was driving the same speed you were, and you're like, they're probably pulling them over, you know, and I'm just going to put my seatbelt on now. My hands are going to be at 10 and 2 on the wheel. I'm just turn down the music. You know, it's like I'm going to be the perfect driver all of a sudden. And then, like, you see the party lights turn on, you know, and you hear the siren, and you're like, oh, no. And so, like, you turn on the blinker to pull over. You know, you're like, I'm going to do this exactly right, you know. And so you pull over. He stops, and you're like, excuse me, officer, what seems to be the problem today? You know, and, like, your stomach's, like, in knots, and you have, like, this weird, nervous, scared butterfly feeling, and your chest is like, you know, like, if you haven't experienced it ever, one day, hopefully you don't, but you might, <laughs> and it's not fun. Well, there was this one time I was headed to a camp, and, you know, I was, like, I was running late, and I had all this stuff. I was supposed to be, like, the game guy, and so I had all these, like, you know, big, huge, like, earth ball, you know, that you do, like, a push ball against, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you guys that went to camp, you know, like it's, it's like massive ball and you're like, and you like push it against each other. I had that in the back of my truck, not aired up because that'd be really weird. You know, and I had like a bunch of other different things and like life jackets, just randomness, right? And then like a computer in my, in the cab of my truck and it was starting to rain. So like I put the computer in there and the guy that was riding with me, I put him in the bed of the truck. So he got wet instead of the computer. 
You know, and I'm like flying, trying to get to this camp because I'm running late. And I'm like, oh, they're going to try and start the games and there's not going to be any games because I'm not there and I'm supposed to be over the games. You know, and so I'm like flying. And then all of a sudden, party lights. And I was like, oh, oh this is not good. So I pull over. An officer walks up, his little mag light. It wasn't little by any means. It was like this long. And he turns on, he walks up. And he looks at my truck and he does one of these and then he like looks. And he sees my friend laying there and he's like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'm in a lot of trouble now. And he pulls up, he comes up and he's like, going a little fast there, where are you? And I was like, yeah, sorry about that. And he's like, where are you headed? Told him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to a church camp. I'm going to do some games for a church camp, you know, running a little late. You know, just left church, you know, about an hour and a half out, you know, and I got to get to the church camp so we can do games for all these like church kids, you know, and like if they don't, then they're like going to die and go to hell, you know, so I need to get there. So, you know, I was like, I was really trying to just pour it on and be really spiritual and see if the cop had any, you know, remorse for pulling over such a spiritual person as myself because I was driving 12 miles over the speed limit. And so he's like, oh, you're going, you're going to church camp, huh? What's up with the buddy in the back? And I was like, well, I got this computer here, and I'd rather him get wet than the computer. And he's like, I understand, I understand. So uh, you're headed to a church camp, huh? Well, I'm going to have to write you a ticket. <laughs> I was like, I mentioned I was going to church camp, you know, one of those things. And he's like, he's like, I'll just write it for eight over. That way it'll be like a, a break in the price that you have to pay for the ticket because in Missouri it was all weird and stuff. And I was like, gee, thanks, officer. Thanks for cutting me some slack there. Really, I just like had to pay out the wazoo for driving really fast. And I was like, man, I can't believe that happened. And so I get on the cell phone and I like, call the youth pastor and I was like, dude, do you guys reimburse tickets? <laughs> you know, it's like, are you guys going to pay me for this? He's like, no, <laughs> don't get pulled over again. Crud. So I get up there and I was like, man, I can't believe that. I can't believe I got pulled over. I was doing the right thing, you know. I was speeding, whatever, but I was headed to a church camp, broke, broke a rule, broke a law, big deal, you know, and he pulls me over. I have to pay for it. So then I'm there at the camp. Everything's going good. I forget all about it. And we're doing these games, all right? And there's these water games. There's this big lake, and I'm out in the middle of it, and we have this really good idea. We're going to have like 10 buckets. You got to imagine with me. Everybody close your eyes real quick and imagine a, a beautiful lake. Is everybody picturing it? Beautiful lake. Calm, still. There's like a bird that flies down, sweeps down, and snatches a fish and then flies off. It was awesome, right? And so it's a beautiful lake. And there's a couple of us guys that are like, man, we just really need to make an awesome game in this beautiful lake. So we start thinking, and we start getting these ideas. All right, you guys imagining this? You guys got the beautiful lake, the bird, the fish, everything, all right? Now you got these three guys coming up with this great plan, these really cool guys, all right? Imagine really cool, big, strong smart guys. There you go. All right. So you guys are imagining me. All right. Cool. All right. So like, so we're there and, we're, and we're, we're thinking of these games. We're like, all right, we've got this great idea. We'll get 10 buckets and we'll put them on this string and we'll put them right across the middle of this lake. We'll tie it from one end and we'll string it all the way across and then tie it to the other. And they'll be hanging out of the water just barely. And we'll get 250 of these blown up beach balls that we have. We'll put them out in the middle of the lake. And then when we shoot the gun and we say go, one person from each team will dive into the lake. They'll swim. They'll grab one of those balls. They'll pop it. They'll deflate all the air. They'll swim to their bucket. 
They'll put the empty ball in there, and then they'll come back to the shore. They'll tag the next person, and then they'll dive in, and they'll do the same. It's going to be amazing. We're like, dude, that's a great game. Great game. And so, you know, like, imagine, all right, you're imagining beautiful lake, bird, fish, flies off. Three awesome guys, brilliant game, 10 buckets strung across 250 beach balls in the lake. Imagine this, right? You guys got it in your mind? All right. Now, imagine with me that the ends of these strings aren't tied to trees, but they're tied to paddle boats. All right? Because these three really smart guys got talked into doing this by a guy that doesn't even like to get in the water. He's like, dude, you should do this. And he, he's afraid of water. And he gave us this idea about a game with water. All right? And so, so like, we're like, okay, we'll get in paddle boats. Each end, the string will be tied to each end. The paddle boats will go out. The, the buckets will be hanging perfectly. Not a problem. Kids will jump in, and we'll just sit there and just paddle the whole time and just keep this, this string snap tight. The buckets will stay floating. Not a problem. So we get in these, these boats, push them out off the shore, jump in. We start paddling. Have you guys been in paddle boats? If you haven't, not that cool, but, like, it'll really make your thighs burn, you know? So, like, you're like, and we look back, and all those buckets have sunk to the bottom of the lake, and we're like, this is hard, you know? So, like, the paddle boats are barely moving, tin buckets are missing, and we're like, here comes the kids, you know? So, like, save the game! So, all of us are, like, in these paddle boats, and we're like, abandon ship! And so, we're diving off. And we're like diving down to the depths of this lake and trying to grab these buckets that are full of water, swim all the way back up to the top, dump the bucket, empty it, and then put it back on top of the water and just let it float, right? And so like you, you grab one, you empty it, and it's floating. And you're like, I got one bucket, I'm going for another. You dive down, you grab it, and you bring it back up. By the time you come back up and you empty that one, the bucket you just emptied has already sunk again. And it was like a nightmare, right? And so we're out in the middle of this lake. We're trying to do all these different things. And all of a sudden, we're like, all of a sudden, we hear just, <laughs> they shot the gun, and here comes all the kids. <laughs> and they're in the water. 250 blown up balls that are starting to float away from where we had set up the game. There's no buckets anywhere to be seen. Kids are, have these beach balls, and they're like, where's my bucket? And I was like, underwater. And he's like, I can't see it. And I was like, just a second. So I'm like diving, and I grab a bucket. I'm like, here you go, dude. It's like, there's water in it. I was like, put your book, you know, just get out of here. And so like he's trying, and he like swims off. And so people start like coming in, and, and like they're like, where am I supposed to? And I was like, don't worry about it. Just go back to shore. So everybody starts swimming back to shore, and like, no lie, 20 minutes. This game goes on for 20 minutes, and I'm out there without a life jacket. Diving down, grabbing buckets, coming back up to the top. I was like David Hasselhoff, you know, and I was like you know, trying to do my very best. And then I was like, oh, man, this is getting tough. And I look over, and there's this guy that's like 30. He just had surgery on his shoulder. He's out there, and he's just treading water. How many of you guys can tread water like nobody's business? How many of you guys can tread water for like two minutes, like doggy paddle, and you're like, <laughs> going to the shallow end, this is dumb, you know, it's like, that's what I was wanting to do, but, like, the lake was 25 feet deep, and you can't just go to a shallow end. There's no such thing. 
And so I'm out in the middle, I'm like, <laughs> and this guy's just treading water. I'm like, man, he's got a bum shoulder. He can, oh my word. I'm tough. I'm tough. I can do this. I can do this. You know, so I'm like 25 minutes go by. I'm out there treading water, trying to save this game, trying to be the hero and like, take that beach ball and just like pop it with your hands, go back to shore, be a man. You know, and this sixth grade girl's like, I'm scared. You know, like, shut up and do it. You know, and so like, we're out there and I was like, and I'm, and I was like, anybody drowning, I can save them. You know, and like, I'm starting to drown myself. I'm starting to like, <laughs> like come back up. I go over to the paddle boat that's unmanned and it's just starting to float off the middle of the oblivion. And so like, hang on to it. I'm like, <laughs> and so I start swimming again, start swimming again. I see this guy and he's still just treading water. Nobody's busy. 30-year-old dude, bum shoulder, just had surgery. He's like, and he's like, hey, Chris, you need a life jacket? Whatever. No, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm starting to like go underwater and come back. I'm like, oh, no, I'm tough. I'm tough. He's got a hurt shoulder and he's not even sinking, you know? And so I'm thinking about this. And all of a sudden, he kicks his legs up in the air, and he's wearing a life jacket like a diaper. And he'd been, he's basically just doing this, just sitting in the water for like 25 minutes. And he's like, hey, I'll go get that bucket. You know, and he, like, he does one of these. No problem. Takes off the life jacket, goes down, grabs one, brings it up, and puts it back on. Need a life jacket? And I was like, man. <laughs> I was like, Give me three. You know, so like they tossed one out there. And I was like, I'm not very smart. You know, and so like I put on this life jacket and I get back to shore and they're like, dude, why didn't you go out there with a life jacket? And I was like, we had the paddle boats and the kids and the, and the buckets weren't buckets anymore. You know, I was like, I didn't think about it. And they're like, dude, we always told you, always go out in the water with a life jacket. I was like, I can swim. Not a problem. I don't need a life jacket. And I do it from now on. Every time you get in the water, wear a life jacket. Deal. You know, and so, like, I learned my lesson. And they're like, dude, that's why we have these guidelines. That's why we have these things set up. There's certain reasons why certain rules, certain guidelines, certain parameters are in your life. It's not so, like, you don't have fun. It's so you don't drown. All right? Like, there's a reason why I was supposed to wear a life jacket, so I don't drown. So I didn't die. You know, and, like, I, I barely made it. I was, like, swallowing water. And it was just not fun, you know, but like, there's a reason for it. There's a reason that we have life jackets. We have different things in our lives to, to keep us from harm so you don't sink. Everybody see where I'm going with this? I was supposed to wear a life jacket, so I didn't sink. I didn't do that. I should have abi abided by the guidelines, by the rules, but I didn't, and I almost died. First Peter chapter 1 talks a little bit about sinking in a different way. Actually, it talks about wearing life jackets, really, and you're like, I don't know life jackets are in the Bible. Well, they are, kind of. Hey, we're going to talk a little bit tonight. We've been talking a lot. The theme is what's love got to do with it. Tonight, the final night, we're going to talk about life jackets. We're going to talk about different things that protect you from harm. And tonight, we're going to talk about purity. Everybody say purity. Everybody say holiness. Everybody say, hey, that's the same thing. There you go. Cool. All right. Here, you know, like, I came over these statistics earlier today, and I'm going to read them off to you here in a few minutes, and, like, I know a lot of you guys are like, statistics, I don't want to hear that. I'm not in school. Well, like, they're mind-boggling, really. And we're going to go over them. But I was thinking, when we're talking about purity, and I remember being in you guys' shoes, your age and everything, and the number one question that all my friends always asked was, how far is too far? How many of you guys have ever heard 
that question, how far is too far? Whether it pertains to you and your relationship with, with like your boyfriend or girlfriend or you've just heard it in general and they're like, how far is too far? How far is too far? We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about the idea of how far is too far and then uh, where the line is and all those different things. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to talk about it. But there's a lot of people today, you know, and, and you imagine, I'm sure some of your friends, how many of you guys have a friend that has a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Raise your hand. Some of you guys don't have any friends at all. It's okay. Like, you can just raise your hand and be like, there was this one time I almost had a friend, and he almost had a girlfriend. You know, like, if that's you, that's okay. You raise your hand. Just identify with us. Just relate. Just be cool. You, you do whatever you need. I'm just kidding. You don't have to lie to be cool, all right? But you know, it's like most of us, if we can think of, you can think of somebody that has a relationship with the opposite sex, all right? And most, most of the time, in your, your, your age, your day and age, most of them come across the idea, the thought of how far is too far. Some of them don't at all because they don't even care. But some of them do, and they're like, how far is too far? You know, like, is it okay if I hold a girl's hand? Is it okay if I put my arm around a girl? When should I do that? At what stage in the relationship is it okay to, like, sit beside her and do the, oh, put your arm around her? Yeah, some of you guys are like, dude, that totally works. Trust me. <laughs> and, uh, a few witnesses, dude, trust me, the yawn thing. It may be oldie, but it's a goodie. You know, whatever. So you're like, how far, you know, like, when is it appropriate to do that? When's it appropriate to hug her? Is it appropriate to, like, kiss her on the cheek, on the lips? You know, like, how far is too far? Like, what happens when we start, like, going beyond that? We start, like, doing other things besides just kissing. Is that okay? What does the Bible say? Like, how far is too far? I know I'm not supposed to have sex till I'm married, but, like, is it okay if I do other things? There's all these different questions. There's all these different thoughts, and it's like, how close can I get to the line? How far is too far? Can I get, like to this point and be okay? You know, there's all these different questions, and my answer to all those is, don't see how close you can get to the line. See how far you can stay away from it. Plain and simple. If you're, th if you're thinking, is this okay? Is it okay if I do this with her? Is it okay if I do this with him? If you're thinking that and you're wondering that, probably not. Let that be just, you know, like, sirens or, you know, somebody just snapping in your ear or a light bulb going off in your head, whatever. Just a signal telling you, if you're already wondering that, that's probably a good place to stop right there. We shouldn't see how close we can get to the line, but we should see how far away from the line we can possibly get. Here's a few statistics, and this, this is amazing to me. Students who start dating at 11 years old, students who start dating at 11 years old, and you guys are like, that's funny. Nobody dates at 11. You know, it's like students who consider that they have a relationship with somebody of the opposite sex at the age of 11, calls themselves a boyfriend or girlfriend. By the time they graduate, 86% have had sex. What? What? Uh-uh. Why? That's a, that's a small number. All right, that's like a small estimate. That's from a couple of years ago. Everybody pay attention. Everybody pay attention. You're like, oh, my God. He said the S word. <laughs> yeah, I did. I said sex, okay? It's a, it's a perfectly fine thing. Sex is a great thing. 
when it's within marriage, God created it. Everybody focus right here. Everybody focus right here. I know some of you guys are like, <laughs> keep saying it, keep saying it. All right, I said it, all right? Now look at me. Focus, focus. Let's put on our big kid pants. You know, take your pull-ups, you know, whatever you need to do. But let's grow up for a few minutes. Everybody focus right here. Everybody focus right here. All right, listen, listen. We're going to talk about purity tonight, and with that comes the topic of sex, all right? And if you're going to be like, every single time, you're not going to get it, all right? So go beyond the fact that you just heard that from a microphone in the church like four times because you're going to hear it more. It's okay. The topic of sex, it's like, oh, you shouldn't preach about that. You shouldn't, whatever. It's all over TV. You hear it you, at school. You see it in movies. You hear about it in music. It doesn't matter. You guys are surrounded by the topic, so it's okay to talk about here. It's safe to talk about here, too. Sex is a perfectly fine thing. God created it. It's, it's great, but it's supposed to be within the confines of marriage. Outside of marriage, it's a horrible thing. It can ruin your life. It can ruin the person that you're with. It can cause a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and it, it has physical effects to it. It has emotional effects to it. It can have spiritual effects to it. It can have mental effects to it if it's outside of marriage. And so tonight, focus with me as we talk about purity and as we talk about holiness and the fact that we shouldn't see how close we can get to that point at this day and age, but we should see how far away from it we can stay from there. Everybody got it? All right. Listen to some of these statistics. $57 billion was spent this past year alone in pornography. $57 billion. Crazy, lucrative business. You're right. It's a terrible business. $57 billion worldwide was made. 4.2 million websites are pornographic. 12% of all websites on the internet are pornographic. 4.2 million of them. There are uh, 372 million different pornographic pages on the internet. 372 million different ones. On, on an average of a, one day, a pornographic search engine request hits 68 million. One out of every four search engine requests, like you go on Google, one out of four of those is for a pornographic site. That's 68 million requests a day. 8% of all emails are pornographic. On average, each person, each user, when you get online each day, on average, you will receive five pornographic emails in one day. That's for every single user across the board. On average, the average age of the first internet exposure to pornography is 11 years old. Average. Think about that. The first time someone looks at pornography on the internet, that average age is 11. That's a fifth grader or a sixth grader. The largest consumer of internet pornography is people of the age of 12 to 17. The largest consumer, 12 to 17 year olds. And this final statistic, 90% of students 8 to 16 years old, anywhere between the age of 8 to 16, 90% of them have viewed online pornography, and most of it has been accidental when doing homework. 
Nine out of 10 students between the ages of eight to 16 somehow have seen pornography on their computer screen, and most of them, it's an accident. They're searching stuff and something pops up, or they're studying something and something pops up. It's an accident, most of it is. But it's 90%, nine out of 10. It's amazing to think about. It boggles my mind. Say we have 50, 50 students here, 45 of you would see pornography between the ages of 8 to 16. That's amazing. And yet, people are like, you shouldn't preach about sex. You shouldn't preach about pornography. You shouldn't talk about those things. You're in church. Dude, if I don't talk about it, if we don't talk about it, shame on me. Because you're the ones that are being affected by it daily, whether you choose to or not. 90% of you, if you're not even looking for it, it could still pop up on, a, on a, just a whim. You're just doing homework. That's what the statistics show, and that's of this past year. It's amazing, and it's only going up. And so with that said, and we're talking about purity and stuff, we want to talk tonight about the idea of not seeing how close you can get to those different things, to those different effects, to, those, to being one of these statistics, but seeing how far away from that you can possibly be. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16 says this, and it's up on the screen as well. It says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. We could stop there and just talk all night about the idea of preparing your mind for action and being a person of self-control. It says, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Be holy in all you do. Verse 16 says this, For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. This passage written here by Peter, he's telling these people, Hey, you used to be of this certain way of life. You used to be influenced by certain things. There's all these amazing statistics of how there's just sex and pornography and everything's rampant. And you used to be a part of that, but don't do that anymore. Be holy because the God you serve is holy. You guys are like, whatever, that didn't happen in the Bible. There wasn't pornography. There wasn't sex everywhere around. This day and age when Peter was talking, the way that they worshipped their gods was basically there's this god of Baal or, you know, this god of whatever, these different foreign gods. It wasn't the god that we serve, the god that we read about, the god who, who gave us this scripture to live by. Is, just the, is like these idols or whatever. And basically what would happen is the, they would have these huge objects of different body parts. Different private parts would be like huge and massive right in the middle of the town square. And there'd be all these prostitutes standing around it. And you would go and worship this God by going and having sex with that prostitute. That was the mainstream thing to do. That was the cool thing to do. If you didn't do that, then you weren't like part of the in crowd. You weren't cool back in the Bible days. You're supposed to go down to the town square and be like, I'm here to worship, you know, and like there's a prostitute there, and you go and you sleep with her, and all of a sudden, that's an act of worship to these gods. And we're like, dude, that's filthy. That's disgusting. What in the world? Who would ever, like, be, like, trapped in that? Who would ever live that way? But people, you know, like today, it's like, who in the world would go and sit down at a screen and just start clicking through different things? looking at 
girls doing different things with guys, and posing different things, and saying different things, and watching different movies, and talking about it, and joking about it in your classes, and down the halls. Who in the world would do that? That's sick. That's disgusting. The day and age that we live in isn't any different than when Peter wrote this. And he's telling the, the people that he writes to, be holy, because your God that you serve is holy. And 2,000 years later, the, the statement's still the same. Through all the, the pornographic sites and the $57 billion that was spent this last year, Scripture still says, be holy, because the God you serve is holy. It's an amazing thing to think about. And some of you guys are like, dude, I've, I've never looked at, the, at pornography. I don't even know where to get it. I don't even know what sites to look at. I don't, I don't even have the internet. You know, some of you girls are like, I'm not into pornography. What? Girls don't look at that thing. Whatever. There's a lot of girls that are trapped in pornography just like guys are. The statistics are actually shooting through the roof for the girls. That um, like 90, 95% of guys between the ages of 12 and 19 have looked at some form of pornography. And for the same age group for girls, it's in the 80s now. So don't tell me that it's like, it affects only guys. It's a girl thing too. It's a girl problem as well. So every single one of us can relate to this. But beyond that, it goes, more, it goes well beyond just looking at something. Thought process. It's who you're around. It's what you talk about. It's what you joke about. It's what you, you know, skim through on the internet. It's what you see on commercials. Different things that you do when you're by yourself, when no one else is around, different things that you think about, what you do with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, all these things come into play under the umbrella of purity and holiness. And I'm telling you, just as Peter did years and years and years ago, be holy because the God you serve is holy. A lot of you guys are like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't hurt me. This is just like a personal thing. It doesn't hurt me if I look at this. It doesn't affect anybody else. It can and it will with time. Do you think a rapist just decides one day to become a rapist? It's out of the blue. And do you think there are other steps, other influences? Do you think out of, out of nowhere some guy is just going to come up to a girl and, and sleep with her and have a baby outside of marriage? Or do you think there are steps that lead up to that? There's a level of holiness that we're all called to. Scripture says it right here. Be holy, for I am holy. That's what it's written. That's what God says. Tonight, I want us to all just examine ourselves. As the worship team comes forward, and as they come up here and they just, they're just going to play some music, I just want us to think for a few minutes, how holy are you right now? And I know every single one of us messes up. Every single one of us makes mistakes. And I, I completely understand that. I can identify with that. I've been a statistic that falls under these categories. When I was your age, I was one of these statistics. But I'm here to tell you that God calls us to holiness, and it's a matter of us doing something about it. What's your thought life like right now? Is it impure? Are you 
Do you continually think of things that you shouldn't? You're like, oh, I don't know what that means. Yeah, you do. Are you constantly looking at girls in the wrong way? Are you thinking of girls in the wrong way? Girls, are you thinking of, oh, I wonder how far I can go with my boyfriend this time. The last time it didn't work out so much. There's this party and all these girls do all these different things and it's real fun and cool and whatever. I'm popular because of it. It's not worth it. In the end, you're going to be hurt. I'm telling you that right now. I'm warning you. I'm telling you, take this life jacket and wear it so you don't sink. Who has a, who who has a dollar bill? Anybody have a dollar bill? Can I see the dollar bill? Let me give the final illustration. Awesome. Dollar bill. Everybody can identify with a dollar bill. Worth one dollar. Everybody knows the worth of this, right? One dollar. You start think of all the different things you can buy with one dollar, or all the different things you can buy if you had a bunch of these one dollar bills. We all know the value and the worth of this right here. It's wrinkled, a little, a little weathered, but it's still worth $1. There's a crisp $1 bill and this $1 bill sitting side by side. Both of them would still be worth $1. Take a perfectly fine $1 bill straight off the printing press, compare it to this. It's all wadded up. Both of them are still worth $1. If I was to take this and rub it on some dirt, wad it all up, it'd still be worth one dollar, right? You can still spend it. it. Still has worth. Still has value. If I was to take it and you know let it go through the washing machine, comes back out, still whole, worth one dollar. Still has the same value, the same worth. It's been spit on. You know, it's actually gone through like the trash can. You're like, oh crud, I forgot I threw that away. And you dig it out, and there's like trash juice on it or whatever. And you wipe it off. Still worth $1. No matter where you go with this, and, and no matter what happens to it, as long as it stays as a $1 bill, it's, it's worth $1. I mean, if you shred it, it's not worth anything. But when it's intact, when it's whole, no matter what happens to it, it's still worth $1. Same worth as a, as a perfectly good brand new dollar bill. Same value, same worth. Some of you guys are are the the perfect one dollar bill, the crisp, clean one dollar bill that's come straight out of the printing press. Not had a whole lot of issues with with being holy with these different things that we're talking about tonight, with purity. But then there's some of you that have been drugged through the mud. You've been wrinkled up. You've been stepped on. You've been thrown away. You've been treated terribly. You've gone through all these different things, and you've been in these different situations where there's just stains, and there's wrinkles, and there's scars, and there's issues physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally. There's all these different things that are being affected in you. But I'm here to tell you that your value and your worth is still the same. Just as that $1 bill has gone through all the different processes of being wrinkled up, crumpled, crumpled up, not cared about at times, stuffed away in a drawer somewhere, it's still worth $1. And you still have value. You still have worth as well. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you've gone through, the different mistakes that you've made. 
the different sites you've been to, the different things you've looked at, the different things you've done with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, it doesn't matter because you still have value. You still have worth. It doesn't matter. God still loves you. Plain and simple. You compare yourself to the perfect person, just as you compare that dollar bill to the perfect dollar bill, same worth, same value. You're like, whatever, you don't understand, you don't know. You're right, I don't know. But God does. And He still loves you. Because He knows that you have worth and value. And He wants to do something in your life. And as these musicians continue to play, we're going to close in prayer. We've run out of time tonight. But I'm challenging you guys with this. Each one of you have value. Each one of you have worth. But what are you doing with that? Each one of you have these different life jackets in your life to protect you from drowning. Each one of you have these speed limits in your life to prevent you from danger. And sometimes you get pulled over and you get a stern talking to you, you get a warning, you have to pay for the mistakes you made. But in the end, it's to protect you. Some of you have to get a life jacket thrown to you every now and then. They're saying, dude, stop trying to wade the water by yourself. You're drowning. Put on the life jacket and stop being a tough guy for once. But are you, are you taking this and are you learning the lessons of life? Are you, are you realizing that there's reasons for these guidelines, for these parameters, for these rules in your life? It's not so you can't have fun, but it's to protect you. Living a life of holiness is so you, it's not so you can't have fun. Like, oh, the world's having all this fun, but you're a Christian, and a Christian means you can't have fun. The Bible says, no fun. Thou shalt not have fun. That's not what it says. These commandments, these rules, these guidelines, these things that God tells us to do, it's not so you don't have fun. It's to protect you so you don't drown. So you don't harm yourself or others. Are you living a life of holiness? Are you realizing the, the life jackets that are being tossed to you to prevent you from hurting yourself? Think about that. Be holy. For the God that you serve is holy. Be holy in your mind. Be holy in your speech. Be holy in your actions. Be holy in your attitudes. Be holy in everything that you look at and everything that you do and everything that you're a part of. Be holy because the God that you serve is holy. That's what it says, and that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to live by. Are you doing that? These altars are open. If you need to spend some time in prayer and just talk to God, it's not that you're some sinner and you're doing all these horrible bad things, and you're wrapped up in all these different sins, maybe you just realize that there's a couple things that you just need to get right with in your life. Maybe you, there's some commercial that just came on, and you didn't turn the channel as quickly as you should have. Some things pop, popped in your mind, and, and it's just messing with you. Or maybe it's some sites that you've been looking at. Or maybe it's a relationship that you're in right now. I don't know. But all of us can probably examine ourselves at some point and think, I'm probably just not as holy as I should be. I'm not living as pure of a life as I should be. I'm not putting on this jacket, this life jacket, and wearing it the way that I should be. I'm starting to sink. I'm starting to drown. I'm starting to harm myself a little bit. 
I'm going a little bit beyond the speed limit. I'm going a little too fast. I need to slow down before I hurt somebody. If that's you, these altars are open. We're going to give you an opportunity to pray. And, and feel free to do so. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Nothing like that. If you can't do that here, if you don't feel the freedom to do that here, how are you going to do that out there in the real world when no one else is around, no one else is looking? Anything going to change? Probably not. So we're giving you guys this opportunity right here. If you guys would stand to your feet real quick. If you need to pray, if you need to talk with a leader, if you, need, you just need to, you know, like, get some things off your chest, and you just, like, you just talk about some different things that's going on, and you need some prayer or something, feel free to do so at this time or after service is over, whatever. But we want to give this, you guys, an opportunity to pray. And there's not going to be like this formal, okay, we're all done, go. But I'm going to say a closing prayer right here. And when you feel ready to go, when you, when you feel released to, to just go about, you can do so. But some of us are going to stay here and pray and, and just ask God to help us to keep tossing us life jackets, to protect us from drowning, to protect us from harming ourselves or others. Some of us need that tonight. Some of you guys are perfectly fine. You're doing okay. But some of us need to work on some different areas in our lives. So I'm going to say this prayer. If you feel free to go, you can. But if not, and you just need to sit there and think or, you know, talk to somebody, come up here and pray, whatever, do so. But don't just, don't just let this be an excuse of, okay, good, he's done talking about that. <sighs> Glad he's done because I was feeling bad there for a second. Dude, if that's you, please take advantage of this opportunity and talk with somebody, pray with somebody. Talk to God. God, we come to you tonight and, and we look at ourselves, we look at our lives, and we think just the past few days how we've been living, the different things we've been looking at, the different things we've been doing, the different thoughts that have gone through our mind, God, that our different actions, the words that we speak, everything, God. And, and we hold it in light of you and how holy you are. And we realize how short we fall to that. And we ask for your help this night, God. Lord, help us to live holy lives. Help us to live pure lives before you. Lord, if there's relationships that we're in that we shouldn't be in, give us the boldness and the strength and the courage to, to say something and, and to make things change. God, if there's different sites that we're looking at that we shouldn't, Lord, strengthen us and give us the willpower to not look at those sites anymore, to, to talk to somebody and say, hey, I'm having problems with this. Can you keep me in check on that? Lord, if there's different things going on in our lives, different thoughts, different things that we do that is unholy, God, help us this night to change, to do something about that because the God that we serve is holy and we're supposed to be holy as well. Lord, help us as you continue to toss us these life jackets, just like this service tonight is a life jacket to every one of us, a warning to not sink in the things that we've been doing. Lord, help us to put on the life jacket. Lord, help us to live a holy life, a pure life before you. It's not that you're trying to keep us from having fun, but you just want to protect us. God, we love you and we thank you and we ask that you help us, Lord, to be obedient tonight. Not to worry what people think or say or do, but Lord, we be focused on you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name.